Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. <laughs> Apparently we're in the Matrix. Red pill oh, you didn't see that on the Firefighter Chronicles? No, I missed that. Oh, yeah, he's talking about how uh become a firefighter, you can take a red pill or blue pill. You can take the red pill, which makes you a firefighter, but there's a 70% chance you're not going to get paid to be a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you take the blue pill just to be a straight paramedic, Todd. <laughs> and then everybody just doesn't like you or something ever again. Yeah. I can't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can take both of the pills, it says, and you can be like some hybrid firefighter paramedic. Basically hated by both. Where both people hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, because you're not a cop. (laughs) It's great, great because we're not a cop. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, my name is Carl, and tonight I am joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Todd. Hello. I have Scott. Hello. And I have Ash. Hey there. And uh, we only took the red pill. At least so far. Tom, mm-hmm. Tom, 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 Okay, uh, tonight we're actually going to be talking about uh, our firefighter practical examination uh, recertification thing that uh, we went through again and we go through it every year. Uh, we just recently did it last. When was week? it? Last week? Last yeah. week? Last week. Last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the officers did it on the Wednesday. Um, we had a few people ask us for the sheet, so we reposted that from a previous post that we posted last year, same mm-hmm. time-ish. Uh, and we want to go through it and talk about it a little bit more in detail, and uh, the things we've got on there, why they're there, and uh, the correlation to the things that we do with it, and where it came from, in fact. So maybe let's start with that, Scott. Where did that actually come from? Uh, it actually came from, well, I was on the range, like, to my other line of work, we were qualifying some people with, with pistols. And uh, I was like, huh. Like, you know what the fire department needs? <laughs> is a requalification day. Because really it's no, um, as far as I could tell, from other departments, I, mean, I guess some other departments might have it, but there's really no requalification to be a firefighter. And, you know, a recall on a, on a range for, uh, for law enforcement is, you know, it's a fairly simple course of fire they use, but it's it's just a hurdle to step over and to make sure that you're you're at a certain level. Um, so I started thinking, is there a way to do this? And I think I brought it up to yep. Ash and some of the other guys, and they thought it was a good idea. And it kind of covers our our playbook in BC, because in, in BC you need, um, there's some, uh, what's it called? Um, upkeep. Right. You need to keep, you, yeah. need to, you need to have some sort of upkeep in your training, and you need to be able to um, show how you do that. Um, I think a lot of people just do it through training records over the year, mm-hmm. which we also do. But we wanted a way to be like, this is a test we do once a year. These are the um, these are things we, we check, and it's pass-fail. It's uh, it's actually a pa- it's on our on our marking sheet. It's, it's pass-fail, and then uh, typically if the person doesn't pass right away, we do what's called an instant remedial. So it's like, how about try putting the nozzle the other way <laughs> and aiming it the correct way. Like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they don't pass that time, um, which we haven't had yet, 
Right. The plan would be to do it at later, either another day, at the end of practice at night, not in front of everybody. Maybe they just have nerves and may have to go over it again for maybe a little bit more of a tutorial and then they still have to do it. So it's it's a fairly low bar they have to jump over, but it's still a bar and it all has to happen in one and it all happens in one night. Mm-hmm. And when you put everything together, each skill is fairly basic. Yeah. Um, but by the end of the night, like the guys are still beat. Like it's mm-hmm. you're going from <clears throat> from uh, session to session. You're working on every single one of them. Um, and again, it's, it's very basic skills. It's the building blocks of what we do for the rest of the year. But, uh, I mean, it's a very, I don't want to say in, intense, but it's a very involved evening of training, um, which is great for some of our new guys even, because that gives them a bit of a snapshot of what they're going to expect for us to be training for the next year to come. Um, because they haven't been with us for a full year. So they're like, oh, I want to get on some of this forcible entry, which we haven't had a chance to train. So they got a little bit of a crash course on what it is. They didn't get qualified on it. They just got the 15-minute sort of quick snapshot of what they can expect as the year progresses. Good, pre- uh, good preparation. Absolutely. For them, yeah. for sure. I know now Brett, they recognize it, right? Yeah, like Brett, like this year, he was super excited to get in and get on the Yeah. Because he couldn't do it, right, last year. Like, I let him build up, and I said, well, you know, I'm not going to mar- grade you, because yeah. you just started. He's like, ah, come on, I mean, practicing. I'm like, I know, but I'm like... <laughs> you really did, too. So it doesn't yeah. really count. He's like, oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's, it's interesting watching the um, different levels of, of people. Um, brand new r- rookies from this year, you know, they don't know all the things. So, obviously, there's some instruction. And then guys that are basically that kind of two to six year they're like everything's like laser like like razor sharp yeah um for the most part it's a couple of reminders but most of it's razor sharp and then you get to the guys that are in for like 15 and 20 and they're kind of you know there's a lot of old because like, you know over 20 years there's the fire service changes so much so there's a lot of like is this the way we used to do it or is this the way we're mm-hmm. supposed to do it like so there's a lot of like hesitation and they're like how do you want me to do this again or why are we doing it this way now it's like yeah this is razor. oh yeah right okay so it's kind of like right in the middle is that sweet spot, that goalie locks right in the middle as you got the you know, those mid-range guys that have been in for long enough to know, but not long enough to have, have learned a bunch of other stuff other, that they've yeah. run. Because yeah. over time, we're just going to, it's, it's natural, it's going to change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's a good refresh for in one night, right? Because versus like you look at our playbook and our standard that we want we want to achieve throughout the year you're going to hit all these mm-hmm. points yeah but you've done now you're doing a crash course refresher in the one night and like yeah. i said it just it just helps kind of hone in those skills that exactly like you said somebody's been around for a while who may hesitate for a minute because oh, they're thinking of an old step or whatnot it's just yeah. going to dust that off and you're ready to go because we don't know what we're getting sent to mm-hmm. this is this is the core values of what a fire department does we could be going to anything so that's right it's a good product that you guys have well i think if we said like if we did these if we just did these nine cores every practice from now on we'd um, be solid the guys would be solid but they'd be bored <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. i mean we'd be solid at we'd be solid at like i guess for lack of a better term fireman ship <laughs> like mm-hmm. they'd be very good at certain things mm-hmm. but they'd never necessarily be good at firefighting they'd yeah. be very like solid at their skill level but then they like a lot like jujitsu like if we just drilled all the time we'd be very good at an arm bar but then when you go to roll against somebody who's actually rolling against you, you're like, crap, I'm under, I'm, I'm getting my ass handed to me because he's doing stuff I didn't know. <laughs> so same as a fire, the fire is going to do something because you're not used to it in a burn building or in a scenario or 
Yeah. So these are the kind of spine level skills. Yeah. I find what's really good too. So um, the officer corps and the instructor group did it the night prior to um, uh, fire practice. And it's really good to get all of us on the same same page. Not so much the same page, but to get all of us through it. There's certain uh, there's certain uh, members of our officer corps that will go and teach one thing or we'll see another lawyer. thing. Yeah. So like we might not see hands on that skill set in a learning or teaching environment. As often as us, you're over teaching mm-hmm. something else. So to get all of us there together. And we talk about it. So, like, I think on our night, we discussed what we're looking for. Yeah. And the and command then, staff and then we all there, did. And we're talking with the command staff, and they mm-hmm. have to do it, too. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the chief and the deputy chief were there with us, and they were there every step of the way. And then, in fact, they instructed a couple of this, yeah. the uh, sessions as well. Because even, even a couple of them, I was like, because uh, Bob's an older fellow. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say how old he is because I don't really don't know, but right. um, he's an older fellow, <laughs> and I'm like sixty and yeah, sixty and up. So okay, okay, the hairs in his mustache yeah. like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> he has command hair. <laughs> it's white like the helmet. So you know, I was gonna give. I said, you know, Bob, on this one, I'll give you like you know, because you don't need to like the thing about the playbook is at the command level they don't need to do the playbook. They have other things. I said you don't need to do this. I said you know, like you don't have to run the two and a half by yourself. Because that is just a thing that I want people to be able to do. So it's more of a confidence thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, other departments, we tell them, like, we tell them, we let make our guys run a two and a half by themselves. And we're like, what are you doing? Like, it takes two guys usually to run a two and a half. I'm like, yeah, guys can do it. That's fine. Like, we were running a lower pressure, but we were still running a two and a half. So he's like, no, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay. And he did great. Yep. He got right into the low stance, Jimi Hendrix style. And... Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it means a lot to Bob. Yeah. Because we had a bit of a chat over this weekend, which we can maybe, if we still have time after this, we can touch based on what we were just up to. But uh, we, uh, I had a really good chat with him. He says, it's really important to me to get out there and do this because, like, I don't want to be that chief that just shows up and, and looks and, um, you know, looks at what you guys are up to and then leaves or doesn't show up to practices or doesn't do. He says, I, I want to be in there. And on the flip side of that, Bob's like, I am an older gentleman, and if I can do it, there's no reason why anybody else in this hall can't. So that's the true epitome of leading by example. He gets out there, he does it, he says, if you see me in a pack (laughs) on the nozzle, some shit's gone real (laughs) sideways, but I want to be just as, you know, prepared as everybody else. I'm like, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, guys see that, right? So, yeah. no, exactly. Um, I think, uh, I think it's really important that the officers do that too. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that once you guys have gone through it again too, then there's those yeah. small things that come back to you after that initial portion that you've gone through mm-hmm. that the next day when the guys are getting in the same situations, you're going to go, ah, try this. Cause then it gives yeah. you a chance to again. Mm-hmm. touch up on those small small details right. that maybe you guys have forgotten because mm-hmm. you guys get into so much and not just this small window of what we're going to discuss right now but there's so much outside of this as well this is just like the core base of of everything um that then the layering really starts to kind of build off of mm-hmm. so there's things that you'll forget on the minors that's what this is exactly why we do it every year. And honestly, for me, it's one of the most fun nights of training in a year. I love doing That's it. I love seeing how yeah. fast I can get. I love seeing if I can remember everything. Like, there were guys, uh, I said in the post, like, 
to one of our guys, we were, uh, they were timing each other for basically everything. Right. right? So, right. Mm-hmm. so they were doing, uh, they were doing racing, uh, on like hitting the hydrant who could hit yeah. the hydrant the fastest. And That's cool. of course, Matt was in the background just tearing people to shreds as much as he could because he was losing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if you can't win, you make him feel terrible. <laughs> <down. laughs> and he shows up to my station where I'm running the hoses and he's like, he lost control of one of them. <laughs> I'm like, lack of control. I write it in his notes. He's like, what? Oh. <laughs> he's like, of course, you're trying to fail me. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not trying to fail you. I'm just when I get to write a note in here. <laughs> It's, uh, it's good, and it's really important. So tonight, actually, we're going to go through um, what is on the list, <clears throat> why it's on the list, and, uh, yeah, who wants to take one start from there? Um, oh, that's all right. I can kick off the first one. So, I mean, on the night of, obviously, we, we don't go in order. I mean, we go in order, but um, I think, like, we, as the officer corps, uh, went in order from one through nine. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So we started off with uh, Station 1 is PPE SCBA, and that's your basic firefighter skill set. If you can't get your gear on and your safety, it's that's basically like the bare minimum. However, now there's the time. So we time each other where you have to do um, get your gear on. So And we break it down into two separate steps. So it's gear on from a, a standing Pants, boots, uh, balaclava, coat, gloves, helmet, on. So your balaclava needs to be on, but we don't go in the pack at SCPA yet. And that's a time. So you, I think we do... Well, so and, and we did it a little different this year. Because mm-hmm. we, we, last year we did it, um, they did it in their little group, the, putting, their, putting their gear on. Yeah. But then uh, we were talking beginning of the night. I'm like, well, somebody's put their gear on anyways. Mm-hmm. So let's get everybody in a big circle. That's right. And get everybody with their gear on. Um, so we did, I, and I don't know, I'm sure there's a standard, but we did one minute um, to put all, you know, to put all your, uh, mm-hmm. to don your gear. No SCBA, just put down your gear, so structure with gloves and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we did a giant circle, and then the deal was if anyone didn't make it, um, so they had to do it, put their hands up and they're done. If anyone didn't make it, then uh, they would have to do it again. They didn't make it the second time. Then, like I said, at the end of practice, they do it just yep. with an instructor watching, mm-hmm. and uh, we uh, like out of the pressure of everybody. Yep. But everybody made it the first cry. One guy was just at the last second. He basically got his fingers, and I'm like, I'll give you a pass for that. Yeah, <laughs> his fingers in his last glove. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you a pass. Yeah, stroke through gloves. I found it funny. So one of our newest guys, Glenn, he oh, that's uh, funny. hey, that was funny. Yeah, he was fast, and like he's like, I got this. This is going to be it. So he was super cocky, and I shouldn't say cocky. That's 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 what he he was pretty cocky. He was cocky after it was done. So it's like it's not bragging when you back back it up, kind of thing. Well, he backed it up, except for he forgot to put his structural gloves on. It's like done. Like like, no gloves. He's like like, oh shit, my gloves. No, no, I yelled at him. I was like no gloves. He's like duh. So now he's like panicking, grabbing his gloves. He's like oh yeah, forty five. We're counting down. 50, like, <laughs> fast, right? And he, obviously, he still made it. And like all of the time where he was like, I'm done, bitches. <laughs> well, he wasn't done. And that just killed 10 seconds of his time, right? Yeah. So, um, like, that's the kind of thing. So then everybody else is watching. Like, oh, look at this guy. <laughs> so that slows them down, which is good, though, because that's, that's the sort of the uh, interruptions that you would get in real life. Like, it's not going to be easy just... 
you know, sitting there, okay, we can get our gear on quick. Yeah, there's going to be little things that'll draw your attention elsewhere. So, well, yeah, funny. You know, and then Bob's yelling, like, hurry up, hurry up, yep. hurry up. He's yelling at him, like, what is this, Navy SEAL training? <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the important part of this one is is as smooth as fast. Yeah, and pretty much everything. But this one in particular, because you're you know you're putting gloves, you're putting everything on, and just as long as you're going at a smooth pace, just thinking about what you're putting on next and making sure everything's going on right, and mm-hmm. you can get through it no problem. It should be you know yeah less than forty five seconds, I'd say. Yeah, with everything ready. Yeah, that. No, that's, a, that's probably it. I think the, the common time, I think, is kind of 30, 35 seconds, it seems, just for, for turnout gear. Yeah. Um, uh, like, those of you who have actually done it a lot, right? And yeah. Like, when we get competitive in a race, that's when you yeah. hone it in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who don't have a time experience, usually that 45-second mark yeah. it seems pretty common. But you know, uh, like you said, it, it's the finesse. It's knowing where your gloves are, everything's out and ready to go, right? Sometimes yeah. their gloves yeah. get a little dry and crunchy and no having them Yeah. Um so then actually what happened, so we did that as a group and uh, some of these things, these nine stations we actually combined into mm-hmm. kind of one big like one big station. Like one and two or a couple got combined together, two instructors. I did that, I was thinking about doing it because if it happened that night one of the instructors was sick. We could still run the thing if if we had nine stations separate and one guy was away that night. Well, the whole thing kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. So we did basically uh, consolidated certain groups. Um, but to finish with the SCBA, so now once they got the PPE on the back to station one, they did the PPE and we made them do it inside the truck because that's how we roll on our firepower. I know a lot of departments policy is they don't gear up inside the truck or sorry, they don't um, put SCBA on inside the truck. We still do at this time. Um, I'm thinking NFPA is probably off the ground. I'm guessing. No, so NFPA you're, they, you're they have to get you. Uh, you have to show all the skills. So you have to don the pack right. uh, a few different ways outside the truck uh, within 60 seconds, and then a seated, mm-hmm. seated method as well inside the truck. But that method isn't timed. Oh. Um, so a few, see, few yeah. other little things. Yeah. So we did it inside the truck, timed. We did it the first night with the officers, and we and I said 60 seconds. We did it. I think half of us did it well, and we got just on the sixty-second mark. Um, but we were definitely rushed. Like, cause afterwards, I'm looking at we're looking at things, and we're like, "Well, that thing's not done That's right. It's not perfect. This isn't yeah. great." It's like, so we had a quick discussion. We're like, "Like, should we do one thirty? Like, what's the dig- what's the difference going to be? Yeah. We're rolling off the apron unless the fire is right across the street. <laughs> we're going to be able to put our gear on pretty much no matter where we're going in a minute and a half. So we said, "Okay, let's throw a minute. Let's throw a minute and a half out there." Um, just so guys are still doing it right, because if we rush them too much, then yeah. it gets sloppy. Yeah. Um, so we jumped into a one a one thirty, yeah. uh, on air mask. Obviously, in the COVID times, we had to change our mask thing up a little bit. So we um, we actually pulled every mask we had in the department, including training masks, laid them all on the ground, and then just as guys would get into the station, we'd be like, okay, grab a clean mask. So they'd wear that mask. So they obviously can't connect it because we have certain different packs for certain things, mm-hmm. right? But they just get that rep of putting a mask on and putting everything on. Mm-hmm. And then when they're done, they, this, uh, that station and the RIP station, they would dump the mask off and it would get clean later. So it worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. In, you know, the whole thing about donning your SCBA in a seated position in a truck, like 
if there's a time frame to it, it's not realistic. Like we all know it. Like it's mm-hmm. you know, you're shoulder to shoulder with the other firefighters, yeah. it doesn't work. There's other straps you're supposed to have your seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. You know, like then there's there's issues about wearing helmets in a moving vehicle. Yeah. Like so there's so many variations. That's where I like you know, just just putting a time bar the way you yeah. did, yeah. it's it's a realistic, it it yeah. it works, it's a minute thirty. You know, and it's it's giving that sense of urgency still. Yeah. But well, it's funny because yeah. we still put like we still put all the guys in the truck. Yeah. So you'd hear them like get out of my way, God damn! <laughs> and they're hitting each other, and they're elbowing each other, and they're like still and they're you know one guy's trying to put a and we always tell them if you look over your partner's put his mask on. Yeah. Put your, pa- put your pack on, <laughs> or vice versa. Because if if you're both doing it, then you know eventually both you're going to be putting your pack on together, and you're being elbowing each other in the face. Yeah, yeah. That That's conversation was hap- that happened. That conversation happened in the back before they hit the timer. So you guys, had our middle guy hat. just turned around and said, "I'm going to do mask. You guys, oh, do packs. you guys are like uh, yeah. synchronized, man. <laughs> synchronized. Yep. So he's like, "I'll do my mask. You guys do your packs." I was smart. I jumped the officer's seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like no one next to yeah. me, boys. Um, yeah, yeah so they already had that. Just sat there and did nothing. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one yeah. perk would be in the, in the jump seat, right? <laughs> back in the day, I mean, yeah. trying to talk in the radio. <laughs> yeah, remember back in the day, we literally some somebody. I think the middle person would have to like stand up. Yeah, <laughs> we were trying to get our other gears on, and then okay, you can sit and don, and then we kind of scoot over to the side. Everybody's unrestrained. It was a shit show. Yeah. They're all good yeah. uh, reasons for a customer. <clears throat> Yes, exactly. <laughs> Lots of room. Lots of space. Safe <laughs> yeah. to put it on. <laughs> Absolutely. So station two. And in fact, yeah, are you going to go, we'll go through on the list later. Station two. Uh, hydrant. So obviously there's a the reason why. And the first few are pretty self-explanatory. Like, why are they in this order? Um, well, once you get your gear on, once you get your pack on, and I was kind of thinking it as like a call would roll. So for the first four anyways. As a call would roll, and this is actually kind of the way we teach the rookies. So it's basically this yep. order. Mm-hmm. So, well, maybe not because we don't teach them how to pump for a while. Um, but anyways, we get to the hydrant next. Uh, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. They they're not pulling it off of a truck. The hose is sitting there, but they have to show the proper loop around the hydrant. Um, we don't tie it off like some departments do. We just do it like a half loop, foot on the thing. Why? So it doesn't get hooked on. Like if if it gets hung up on the hose bed and we're wrapped around a hydrant, there's a potential of us mm-hmm. destroying our water supply by having a, a malfunction. <laughs> and so we do like a half loop, keep your foot wedged. That way, if it does get hooked up, which it has mm-hmm. in the past, times, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it just pulls out and we just stop, and then the truck stops and we readjust. Um, so really, uh, even that one small point, that small change is huge because again. That when as soon as you wrap that right in there, if you do end up pulling it and it gets stuck, pull the hydrant back and then you're you're screwed. You're yeah. screwed. You, you have lost your water supply. And in some spots, especially rural communities, that's your only hydrant. It's a for long ways away now. A distance, yeah. right? Now yeah. you know you're tendering for sure. Yeah. Like anyway. it's funny on my uh, the night we did it on Wednesday night because I'm doing it too, right? And I had. Um, Jay was watching over me while I'm doing it because we make sure. I mean, we make sure guys aren't half-assing it. So yeah. I, I do like a half, half-ass loop on a side. And Jay's like, what "The hell was that?" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "What the hell was that?" I'm like, ah. <laughs> "So I fixed it." <laughs> yeah, he called me on it. Montreal <laughs> captain. I'm glad, I'm glad he called me on it because I was like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> no shortcuts. <laughs> And it's important just doing that, doing that loop, the bite, and not wrapping it how we used to back in the day, right? Cause yeah. 
I'm surprised we got away with it for as long as we did before. They still do it in some places. They absolutely do. Yeah, maybe. Lasso. I know our (laughs) standard now with the whole FPA, like it's exactly what you're doing. It's the same thing. It's makes sense. Yeah. Um, So yeah, then you know after they they do that, then they say, okay, truck stopped, and then they start uh, hitting the hitting the hydrant, and they do it. So everything's based on um, local policy, like local jurisdiction. Authority having jurisdiction, so whatever our local policies are, not necessarily enough pay. So we put two gate valves on. Um, some people don't, and we have actual screw-on gate valves. We don't have stores, mm-hmm. um, so we do. We have to do it that way. So we put two gate valves on, flush the hydrant, and then uh, we make them put the hose on, charge it to a hose clamp. Why do we put two on? We put two on just in case a second truck shows up, uh, maybe a mutual aid truck, and they need to have access to the hydrant, so we don't have to shut the whole hydrant down. To attach the second gate valve because it takes all of you know 15 seconds to add another gate valve, but yeah. it takes a hell of a lot longer to shut down a hydrant, put another gate valve on while the truck is like while they're screaming for water because they're in the middle of a fire. Yeah, so we've just we've done that in the last 10 mm-hmm. years, I think. And yeah, quite a while now we've had that. Something interesting that happened when I was doing it so Steve was running that, he was walking over me, and same thing, I put the hose, he says, Yeah, okay, good. Go put on your valves, Kate. Flush, good. And then I was hooking up the uh, supply line on the back side of the hydrant. Yeah. And he says to me, he says, oh, you should think about putting it on the front side because it's easier access, faster. And I say, yeah. But also, if you hook it up on the back side, again, it's two extra seconds for me. But if you're the second new engine that's going to come and tag that hydrant, now you're tripping over and trying to like lay your yeah. line over top of that one supply line. And he's like, oh, you know what? That's Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's that's I always do it on the inside. Yeah. So I think that comes back to that. Like, like he's been here forever, yeah. right? And that's something that we've talked about a bit more more recently. And he saw that. And he says, oh, that makes all the sense in the world, I'm sure. It'll probably get adapted on his end as well. So, yeah, uh, these are the things that that we see when you see other people doing it, and then we have a moment in our training and our testing, just you know, stop and talk. Well, another thing, uh, when I was watching Andrew, mm-hmm. another officer, he's doing it, and then he's hooking up the the gate valves, and he put them like cockeyed, like off center. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I and I'm, I'm I don't know, maybe it's because I'm like, um, what's it called? Anal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OCD, OCD, like, not anal. OCD. You never needs to be straight. I'm OCD, so I like, I wanted like straight. I actually put mine on yeah. angled as well. So yeah. he like brings them off an angle and like, I'm like, do you do that on purpose? Because as soon as he did it, I'm like, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, do you do that on purpose? I think, did he do it on purpose or did he just was yeah. being sloppy? <laughs> and he's like, no, I always do it this way. I'm like, that way my knuckles don't get banged up on the, yeah. on the yeah. hydrant. I'm like, like, you can actually crank the yeah. handle properly. Way like, yeah. like, that yeah. makes so much sense. And I'm like, and I'm sure it's like not an epiphany to anybody else except for me. <laughs> like, this, is, this, yeah, yeah. Yeah. this is the thing. Like, my mind. <laughs> those, those three tips right there of why you put on the extra gate valve, why you would attach to the further side than the closer side so mutual aid can hook up, yeah. and why you would put them on an angle so that you can rip. Those mm-hmm. are three really small things that save everyone time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're small little points, but they're great. Wicked little yeah. yeah, yeah. I always laugh in all the books and all the training with all of our new people training through the the, the NFPA process. 
you know, when it comes time to a gate valve, everybody's straight up and down. Yeah. It's like, no, you know, I'll <laughs> kick it off to the side and I'll tell them why after and I show them. Because exactly, you do that once, you smoke your knuckle, it yeah. hurts like a son of a bitch. And then you realize <laughs> why it's like that. So, absolutely. So yeah. You know, and then actually one of the other points in that hydrant checklist is uh, when you flush a hydrant, are you making sure you're doing it in a safe direction? Because, you know, we obviously have both sides open, so... If there's like someone's mm-hmm. brand new Porsche on this side and someone and like a lawn over here, well, you hit the Porsche because they got your lawn doesn't. <laughs> no, I mean you just got to look where you're doing, right? So uh, they have to flush in the safe direction. Yeah, it's a great point. We had a mutual aid call um, a while ago with our other neighboring department, mm-hmm. and we went down to grab a hydrant, and they beat us to it. And they flushed it, and they threw rocks and debris all over the road, all over the sidewalk, and then pieced out and left <laughs> for us, so we had to sweep it up. I think one of the yeah. uh, coolest things I ever saw out of fire was uh, we were fl- uh, Earl and I were in the hydrant together because uh, we were on the tender, and he gets up to the hydrant, and like both sides were like there was a car with his window open on this side, and there was like beautiful like garden on this side. He's like, so he flushed, but he put his leg in the way. And Earl's a big dude, so we're all just freaking puts his leg in the way and flushes into his leg. I'm like, that's pretty badass. <laughs> Speaking of Earl, you should have seen the way he force entried. Oh, man. There was no hit. There was no drive. There was no stop. There was just Earl hitting the door and it opened. <laughs> I shit you not. Yeah. I was like, can we just pretend so we that you're not new, Earl? So we need to get a new door. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the time Dennis came around, he's like, my door is this looking thing's cool. looking pretty rough now, just, eh? just fixed it. Yeah, I'm like, well, Earl was through. <laughs> Earl smash. Yeah, oh yeah. I had to like slow him down. Okay, now let's pretend that you didn't just Hulk smash the door. This is a bank vault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are your steps? And then he talks about it. Yeah. So that's pretty much covers hydrants. <laughs> His response probably was, well, it worked, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much his response. <laughs> the only other thing that we talked about was not to stand directly in front of, um, like, when you're opening something. Don't, like, keep yourself out of the way uh, mm-hmm. so you're not getting those caps coming at you. Oh, especially the uh, steamer. Yeah. That can damage you pretty quick. Yeah. So... Yeah. I think it, it, it kind of hit all those points. Mm-hmm. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good because it also showed, like, I found doing it over and over again because you'd screw mm-hmm. the caps back on. Obviously, yeah. before the hydrant drink, because we're using a, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not using a, um, sorry, we're using a dry barrel. So, because yeah. we're up north. Um, so, guys seeing that suction, because you oh, yeah. come up to it and be like, what yeah. the, and that's a suction. Yeah. Because it's still trying to drain, and we, mm-hmm. we keep closing it and opening it while yeah. we're not letting it drain. So, yeah. So. Yeah. One last thing on hydrants. Uh, and we'll talk about it later as well. Um, Motus, it was the first time I got to oh, yeah. use the uh, the Motus hydrant wrench. Yeah. And so I, I initially started with opening the hydrant with the old hydrant wrench. Yeah. And then when I closed it back up, I used the, the Motus one. And the difference yeah. was like night and day. It's mm-hmm. so quick. Yeah. Unbelievably fast. I could make sure everything was tighter as well, and it was mm-hmm. easier to undo regardless just because of that extra leverage. Yeah. And if you need a little bit more, you just use the end notch, and you've got that extra yeah. gain as well. Like, it was great. Absolutely mm-hmm. great plug, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is really I, good. Well, I looked over, and I saw a lot of guys trying it out. So it was really sweet to see that getting utilized and them getting experience on it, realizing why it is better. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's good. Do you guys only have the one still? Yeah. Just the one. We don't really have a place for it yet. We're still, Mm -hmm. we need a mount for it. Mm -hmm. 
You need one. Or we're gonna <laughs> see if we can get Yeah, because you guys don't have a hydrant bag, do you? You still have it hanging uh, on. No, we have a box. We, don't. we have a, a box, box but yeah. unfortunately, the box is not long enough to fit well, that. Two ranch. inches too short. Yeah, because it was built for the yeah. old ranch. I have right? to admit, when I when I left your department, it was hard getting used to because we have we have hydrant yeah. bags. Yeah. It's hard getting used to. That. I was used to having everything there ready to go. Yeah. Um, but now that I've been there for a while, it's very handy having everything. I see the bag being actually good. I like, I kind of like the bag because it's always yeah. like, no, the bag's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. just as quick. Most mostly is, is winter time. Like, yeah. Right. Fuck, it's gone now. It's in the <laughs> snow, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so nice having a little platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Something to look at. Yeah. And then you're not dropping it all in the dirt too, right? Yeah. And then you're getting that grain against mm-hmm. the thread, and it's a nightmare to try and mm-hmm. get on there sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do admit it was, it was a hard change. But uh, now that I've been doing it, there's probably people listening laughing at us because they've probably had hydrant bags their whole life, but it's, uh, I enjoy it now. I used to leave hose lines next since it was my station. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, so hose lines was our next uh, stage, station three, and uh, this is straight out of uh, <laughs> straight out of gunfighting because it was like standing kneeling prone. <laughs> so, and I remember saying to the guys, I'm like, yeah, we need... Uh, Right? No. <laughs> I'm like, we need to do, um, you need to do prone. It was, so this is all inch and a half. So, um, actually, I digress. So we, we actually started with a two and a half. I started with a two and a half. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a reason for that. So we started with a two and a half. Um, the crew would come up and I'd be like, okay, I want to see, uh, as a team, showing show me a loop. I did, like, it, as we were fighting a defensive fire with a two and a half. They're like, and some people are like, huh? I'm like, as a team. <laughs> They're like, okay. Because... Really, that's what it's for. It's a defensive fire. Um, probably going to be doing it with a couple guys because it's a surrounded route. So they all had to set the loop up. And then uh, once it was set up, they flowed water and everybody had to sit on it like they're riding a horse and spray some water. I had a little, I was going to say, I had a target set up, but it's actually a sign on a fence. We need to add that bell. We need to add a bell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did that. Um, everybody had to sit on the loop. Um, Spray with the two and a half, which we currently run a smooth bore on the two and a half. Then I go to then to uncoil it, and then it came to kind of the, the gut check on the two and a half. And I'm like, oh, okay, from standing, I want you to run the two and a half unassisted. So they weren't allowed to use a snagger tool. They weren't allowed to use a hose strap. Just had to do it with their strength and their ability and their technique. And so they're Jimi Hendrix. They're Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix, nice deep squat, nice good stance, um, good grip. Using that um, elbow into the thigh as a good base. And everybody did it. Nobody fell over. Everybody ran it nice. I mean, we were running a little lower pressure. We we're actually running the pressure. That probably calls for. <laughs> probably what the two and a half actually uh, smoothboards call for. Because um, we were running off static off of the um, off the fire hall. Off of the um, fill station. Mm-hmm. So um, we did that. And then we, because our two and a half has a, a tip that can come off and we can attach our inch and a half to it. I got a transition to that. And actually, that was an eye-opener for two guys, I remember, because they went over, like, I got to shut the line off. I'm like, you know, shut the line off. They're like, what? I'm like, you know, they just shut the hose off. I'm like, oh. So a couple guys, they knew that, but they, they didn't clue it. They hadn't really thought about it. They're like, oh, yeah. So transition to the engine half, and then it came down to standing, kneeling, and prone. So make them spray standing. And after, and it was kind of interesting, guys, after they ran the two and a half, the engine half was like, like, that couple guys were like, this feels like a garden hose now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's just like, oh, 
Like even while when Wade just like did literally looked like he was guard of um, watering the flowers, daisies, <laughs> <laughs> like one hand. I'm like, come on, at least show me some technique. He's like, all right, <laughs> he just laughs. <laughs> so uh, make him do an inch and a half standing, and then they have to um, show me fog because we're using that combi nozzle, so combination nozzle, and then back to the um, straight stream, and then they have to go kneeling, knee on the um, hose, then they have to flow, then they have to do a couple shuffles. Uh, using the slide, clamp slide, yeah, yeah. clamp slide, and then um, then they go prone. And a couple of older guys are like, "Why are we going prone?" I'm like, "Oh, it's like an emergency thing. Like if you're gonna fire, and fire rolls over your head." And then uh, one of them was like, "Oh, this is actually much easier because it looks cheesy. Like it looks like something mm-hmm. like some flashy firefighter guy would do. So you lay down, and you're going prone, but it actually is quite comfortable, and you can hit fire quite well with it." Yeah, and you're lower underneath that thermal layer again. A little bit more visibility, hopefully, yeah. mm-hmm. if you've had the opportunity. And really the goal of the uh, hose stuff is, is just getting them used to using the hoses again and flow, flowing water and being just super comfortable, like handling a hose, not looking like you're like, uh, I don't know what to do with this thing. Yeah. So it's yeah. just that comfort level of, of handling hoses, they're flowing water. Nobody's really helping you. Like, nobody is helping you. You're just doing it by yourself, and everyone's just kind of watching, so. If you, uh, <clears throat> if anyone is wondering about the three different transition stages plus the loop, we have a YouTube video for every single one of those. We have the loop, yeah. uh, the Jimi Hendrix style stance with the two and a half, plus we then have the three different attacks, including the shuffle uh, with the inch and a half line, all on the YouTube page. I think they're also mm-hmm. on the Facebook too, so you can check them out there. Yeah. Uh, any more to add on the inch and a half and the two? No? Okay. I was trying to find this picture of this uh, pressure washer. I oh, yeah, I no, I saw the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> screamed Scott. Yeah, no, uh, someone else wanted one of those. Brett wanted one of those. I think yeah. it was Ryan. No, Brett. Brett, kids Brett. showed me. He's like, yeah. He goes, uh, I'd be washing everything with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> looks, like an, looks like an AR. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a pressure washer. <laughs> Sounds like Brett. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like imagine washing the fire trucks with this. It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. For five minutes until the police came. <laughs> so, uh, next. What do we have next? Uh, Pop of water. So, that one was uh, was Chief Bob's station. So, uh, And I think he did it because he didn't want anyone wrecking the truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty straightforward. Um, you would get in the truck, arrive, so you're in drive, uh, you would have to switch from drive to pump in the cab, pop out, um, charge the line, so we would have an inch and a half, uh, running off the side of the truck, charge the line, uh, and pressurize up to 120 PSI, um, flow water for a couple seconds, and then, uh, shut that down, and then transition back to drive so pretty straightforward nothing crazy about it but just what it would take to get you now again this isn't drafting this isn't uh, we didn't even test on hydrant supply there was a couple guys that got to refill the truck obviously but we didn't even test on hydrant supply this was just the basics again of you drive up to a fire you get out of the truck obviously you know you switch from drive to neutral pump pump the gauge back to the pump deck, select tank fill, tank suction, until you get your your line ready to go. You take off the tank fill, you open up 
just your discharge one, two, whatever you're running, and then you idle up and you hit your 120 psi at the pump. Flow water, okay, he calls it, and you shut it back, back down. Very, very simple. But just getting guys confident to get in the driver's seat, driving, stopping, and then getting that pump engaged. Because that's kind of daunting for, for you know people, especially when they hear the misshift. So if they've heard that once, now it's like, uh, do I pump when it's here? Like, okay, like, so drive, pump shift. Okay, that's bad. I don't want to do that. Okay, so neutral pump. Uh, so it got people going through the process. And it was quiet. It worked every time. So my, my station was right, right next to it. And last year, I think, was a different scenario. There might have been one little... Too quick and pump. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yep, we're okay, we're okay. But uh, this year was silence. It was good. You know, and this is one of the ones I was thinking, should we put a timer on it? But I was like, yeah, you start timing stuff with trucks. No. People might make a mistake, and then you're going to hear more gear mm. grinding. And those mistakes get costly. Costly, and then um, truck down. You know, then I was thinking, happen. okay, and I, we didn't do it, but I was thinking, could, could Bob just run a timer, not tell them? Right. Be like when they're done. Be like, hey, that took oh, you well, thirty okay. seconds. Just like, no, it just took you thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that was good or bad. Just that's how long it took you. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I think, uh, but then they don't. <laughs> that, that night, that uh, I'm sure you guys were telling yourself. <laughs> well, I think there was a lot of crews that were doing all the different bits yeah. and pieces at the times. But I think that night that me and you ended up having that like the pump, <laughs> off? The pump off against each other. Who won that? Uh, I can't remember actually. Actually, I think it was me. I just it may have inflated the hose bed. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so laughs> therefore, therefore you lost the pump off. You supplied, you supplied water it. first. <laughs> I got it just down not the hose, to the right place. Just the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I digress. The uh, I think that that kind of a competition. Maybe we could do something like that. Maybe we could mm-hmm. line up both the trucks, and if you're looking for people to try and get faster. Maybe that's what you do. You have yeah. just a little competition like back and forth. Game. The, only, the only thing, like, I'm worried, like, is it important to be that fast? No. It's important well, to it be does back do. as smooth as fast, yeah. right? That's the big thing. Yeah. Um, especially when you're going into the pump. It's, it's important to do that that switch to neutral. Pause, one, two. That's what I do anyways. Yep. And it works for me. You know, and then and you, I always teach the guys, okay, listen for the engage. Listen for the truck. Yes, there's everything Durr. going on. This yeah. is... This is the most important job at this moment. Yeah, because because I, what I what I'd be worried about is people not letting the, the gauge the, drop, the, gauge, RPM. the yeah. RPMs drop, and switching too early just because they're trying to beat their buddy by one second. Yeah, and they're mm. trying to push it, and then next thing we're in the shop. <laughs> do, you feel, do you still find with some of the old boys when we had the uh, the juice breaks and they they uh, put their foot on the brake when they do the transition? I still do that. Do you still do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really pump that. I never <laughs> pumped really, even though, but I still remember. Yeah, yeah pretty fun and break. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, it's the worst station for me, but I passed it this year with flying colors. No problems. No yeah. inspections. Yeah, Bob spoke really highly of everybody that went that went through. I'm looking at his notes on his. Didn't look good. You were looking at the wrong sheet. <laughs> you should have looked at Warren. That one was better. <laughs> yep. Check it out. Sandy. Uh, <laughs> so somebody got a hold of Warren's sheet. So, right. so we had a call midway through. Oh, right. right? And so, of course, there's a whole bunch of sheets left around. And what do you do when there's a whole bunch of people's sheets laying around? Fuckery. Yep. <laughs> Couple of guys left back at the hole. <laughs> yep. Uh, what's the next? Knots. Look at me. 
<laughs> I was say Scott's favorite station, but <laughs> mine as well. I, I hate Hot Wheels. Uh, yeah, is you know, so we chose to do um, a couple knots, and I think Scott calls them there are life knots. It's, you know, there's many, many knots that you can use on the fire ground, but these are the ones that are like your your life safety knots. So we did a figure eight on a bite, a figure eight follow through, a water knot, and then tie a prusik. Uh, those are super basic firefighter knots that you could see on any call. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's many, many other knots that you can bring into play, but uh, yeah, they're like kind of the basic knots that you want to have in your pocket and know them well. Those definitely go tos for the majority of our jobs, though. That's right. Yeah. You know, and some guys were like, how come the clove hitch is in there? How come. Uh, no, I can't remember what it's called. Warden? No, the one no. there. Um, it's another, like, safety knot. This is why I don't do knots. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just, I've drawn a blank. It's like the one that sailors could tie blindfolded around themselves. <laughs> sure. The sailor knot. One there guy could do it, like, one of our guys could do it, like, blindfold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be, like, idiots <laughs> when yeah. we actually think of the name. I just, my drawn a blank on it. <laughs> Anyways, like, Ashton, these are the ones... Mm-hmm. That we do, so we, you know, if we're doing a water rescue, we're using these knots. Because um, if we're setting up a tension diagonal, you, well, you need a water knot because you're tying a uh, rescue strap. You need a pressix to do a... No, not cleavage. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we do that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> we do, but not on the knot session. Cleavage? No, we, we, do, do, on we do that we on, do the water. Water. on the water. Um, yeah. But so, uh, you know, everything that we do in these knots is what we use on our rope gear mm-hmm. and on uh, water rescue. Um you know, we could start tying tools and all that stuff, but then th- this is supposed to be quick and dirty. So uh, we're not we're not hoisting tools and stuff because we do that on knot day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it is, yeah, you know, it's good. Jason had uh, he'd stretched to um, stretch a line out, and then he just basically hand people three three ropes and be like, pick one, mm-hmm. pick one. Okay, tie that, tie, tie this knot. Yeah. Here's another one. Pick that, do that. That was good. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Cricken, that's usually station. the one that needs a couple remedials. Always. Oh, yeah. Because people are like, figure eight, they didn't do enough uh, twists around, and they yeah. went the wrong way, and then they did this and that. I think a lot of it is in the dressing of the knot, too. Yeah. So, you know, like. The prussic. Right. The prussic is like super, super, super important to make, make sure it's dressed proper. Um, and those those are the times that he'll, you know, spend an extra moment. Like, hey, like, I, I can see you've got the knot. But you have to dress it perfect, because if it's a mess, it's not going to bite. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. making sure those yeah. inners are on the outs to mm-hmm. make sure you get that tension. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean the knots are super important, but they were just mm-hmm. those quick ones. Yeah. 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 Then what did we move on to? <coughs> ladders. Yeah, ladders. So we touched base on uh, we had our extension ladder, our roof ladder, and our attic ladder. Um, I think by next year we can maybe even touch base on a stubby. Really stubby ladder. Stubby. More, more <laughs> so, <laughs> more so just uh, so it's always fresh in in, in, it, in yeah. his mind where it is. Why would you use it? Uh, but for this year we haven't trained it much, so um, we went with the three that we use, um, and it's super super basic again. I mean the attic ladder. Where is it? Why would you use it? And how do you open and close without losing a finger? I think that's the biggest one. Um, with your uh, roof ladder, obviously, when would you use it? 
um, we had to uh, deploy the hooks, yeah. and then we did a alley raise. alley raise, which I don't know if we did that last year, so we threw a little bit of a, a change up there, so one person alley raise, um, so raised lower, and then the extension ladder was uh, a couple people, uh, we raised it, and then had to uh, set it up on the roof, talked about how many rungs should be over top of the yeah. uh, uh, roof ledge, and then bring the ladder back back down. And tie the alligator. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then I identify your bed and such, like all the, all, all the points of the uh, ladder. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty basic, straightforward. Ladders, Ladders are always one of those ones that we all hate to do, mm-hmm. but they're so important. Very, you know, like, important. and whenever we, I hear somebody else say that, I go, oh, come on, it's ladders. There's nothing, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing sexy. I hate it. it there's nothing sexy about ladders. <laughs> but, except, like you said, like, just the simple placement of the rungs for different tasks is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you may, in your mind, be thinking, okay, I need, you know, three rungs above whatever. But now your job might suddenly be throwing that ladder up for a secondary means of egress for a rescue. Well, now we need the money, right? That's right. So that's those are the little things that we need to conversate and keep practicing on. You know, at some what I wanted to do because we we just have to fire all we don't do it at the training ground. Is I don't know if we get some painters tape and make a window just to practice. Like okay, I want to okay deploy the ladder, but now it's rescue. And then yeah. see what they do. See if it goes below the windowsill or where. Yeah. Um, that might be something we'd look into. Yeah. Yeah. To help ingrain that positioning. Yeah. And the only reason why we don't do this at the training ground is because it just covers a couple of things we need to run off the hydrant and off of uh, off of a standpipe and stuff. So we just need more water to run certain things. Yeah. So we just need to do the training or the yeah. fire. And plus the when we're getting and into spread out. Yeah. Exactly. Timings, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then what did we roll into? Ventilation. Mm-hmm. PPE. Or PPE. PPA. PPE. Yeah, PPA, PPE. Which was tied in with uh, Force Entry. Yeah, so you might as well. Uh, yeah, Rob. Yours was tied together. Rob, Rob and myself did those two stations. So by this time of the night, uh, once people generally started getting to our station, is we had people broke, the teams were broken down into like four or five firefighters. But each station you would get one or two guys through, and then the team would wait, and then a third guy comes through. So it was nice, because we were right next to um, the hydrant station, and they would get one or two through, and we're like, hey, you guys can start. So we would teach them, on, or we would evaluate them on uh, the fan. So we talked about uh, how to place a fan, uh, whereabouts at the door. So the general rule of thumb is a door height and a half back, uh, talked about trying to get that cone effect, so you're really forcing the air through. Um, we got them to place the fan, start and run, um, with it placed away or with it away from the open door. Uh, we talked about the uh, WTF, so that was fun. The people that forget what the acronym means, they're like, "What the? Like, no, yes, that is it, but not tonight." <laughs> and uh, and then uh, so what is the acronym? Windows then fan. So the importance of making sure that when you're forcing all that that sweet fresh air in there, it has somewhere to escape. Mm-hmm. So the the importance of doing those steps in order. Um, so we would do that prior to them starting. We would say, "Hey, where do you want this fan? What would you do beforehand? And now let's put everything together and do it live." 
So uh, we would ask the questions. And our acronym is Windows FM, but it's important to know it's like we open the vent first. So whatever the vent may be, mm-hmm. a window, a door, a back door, or whatever. Yeah, that's where right Todd's face, like I did once, I was off. <laughs> Todd's opened the back door and turned the fan on the front door. <laughs> remember, that, remember that fire? No, I can't I try and block those things out. <laughs> Build a wall. That shack down that was burning. Mm-hmm. And we were going to the front, and you, and you guys are going to the back. <laughs> we got our fan on before you did. Uh, <laughs> It's always a speed, the sky. It's always a race. <laughs> and then obviously we uh, we go over the importance of never uh, turn a fan on with firefighters inside the building yeah. um, and explain why. So, uh, very, very simple set there, but again, very, very important. And why, just so if anyone's listening. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would you not put it on while there's people inside? Yep. Uh, well, if you already have pe- people inside, um, you might be forcing that flow path towards mm-hmm. the firefighter. You don't want to be changing what's happening with people in, inside of the building, um, especially with them not knowing. So it might be fine. Nine times out of ten, they're probably on their way to the, the uh, seat of the fire anyway. But without any sort of you know comms, even if, you know, even if you have it, it's just a 100% rule. You do not... Put the fan I, on you know, firefighters in. And I think when you when you see PP, PP, PPA go wrong, mm-hmm. or actually, yeah, it's PPA. This is a positive pressure attack at this point. When PPA goes wrong, um, nine times out of ten, it's because people are inside, you introduce that uh, fresh air, and it, it's just enough to cause that, that, that flashover. Yeah. Well, just enough to they, they don't have a flow path yet, right? They don't yeah. have that yeah. yet. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the most important yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they need to see, we teach them, well, if you need to see, either you get out or you take a window and you hydraulic event. So you, mm-hmm. you, you're your own ventilation team yeah. until we can assist you better. Yeah. The other thing that kind of piggybacks onto that is, is uh, there's a lot of horrific videos out there on YouTube about the PP. A going wrong because they're their timing of the fire. Yeah. They're not, mm-hmm. They haven't read the fire behavior properly That's yet, right. so they're throwing that fan into place, thinking that oh, we've learned this PVA, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah, no, there's they way too many. All that yeah, there's way yeah. too many things going on. That fire is already well into a free burning stage or whatever, yeah. and it's just it's not going to work. It's a phenomenal tactic, and it's definitely one of our go-to's yeah. now consistently. But there are means and times where you just do not use it, and it is yeah. not something that you're going to go to. Yeah. Depending on how quick it is that we get to the fire, mm. like we wouldn't we wouldn't put it on if it's fully engulfed, right? Like or that side, that right. one side isn't. Yeah. It's just it, you don't, no. you just don't, and you definitely yeah. don't do it if somebody's yeah. inside. That's and our number. And one. that's what it all comes down to: the flow passes. You know, you establish that vent. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you turn that fan into place. Well, if you're not seeing the output that you're expecting, there's something wrong. Yeah. Is it a fire room or yeah. yeah, door closed or what have you or collapse? Mm-hmm. We, we don't know. Yeah. So that's when you, you turn it off, turn it out of the way, and then back to the drawing board. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, very, very basic, uh, you know, skill set there, but very important. So we're really starting to see the, the importance of this. None of these skill sets are mind-blowing by any means, but we're really hammering on the importance of the basic skill set. Because, I mean, that is a life or death skill set. Like, you don't want to be putting somebody in a position. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and that was uh, tied in with forcible entry. So, again, you have to open the door first. So, if you arrive to a door, there's some steps that we have to go go through. So, uh, this year, Scott uh, spray-painted 
all yeah. the steps on it. So, I mean, we, we weren't making this challenging. And, like, generally we, we put a pretty big chunk of wood for them to break through. And even now, I chop those pieces in half because it's not the challenge of opening the door. It's the reps. It's, it's making sure that you're hitting all those points. So you get that. Um, you get up to the door. You drop down low. You peel the glove back. And then I stop them when they're feeling the door. And some of them started high. And I'm like, well, hey, let's think about that. And then they're like, right. We start low. I'm like, why? Heat is definitely going to be hot up here. It might not be hot down here because we said this is a structure fire. So we know that there's fire in the building. How would we approach this? So, again, walk up, peel the glove back, and they would check for heat right away first before doing anything. You ask them why, then, why the back of the hand? And then we ask them why. And some new guys uh, were like, I actually don't know. I don't remember why. I know I'm supposed to do this. I don't know why. Okay, well, you lose your dexterity if you burn the shit in your hand. <laughs> if you burn the back of your hand, you're going to hate your life for the next hour and, and then beyond. But you can still do yeah. your job, well, right? You're going to feel that radiant heat a lot faster in the back of your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we even broke down further about, like, the building's on fire. I don't care if it's warm. Yeah. I care if it's melting your skin. Yeah. Like, that's the fires on the other side yeah, of the I, door. Yeah, I, I, I liken it to, uh, like, there's a difference between a massive hemorrhage and a bleed. <laughs> like, yeah, some yeah. people are like, I don't put a tourniquet on that. Well, no, you don't. It's a paper cut. Because that's not a massive hemorrhage. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a bleed in your leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, oh, the door's hot. Uh, it's warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we know it's you hot. You can't touch the it's thing. It's on fire on the other side. You can't touch the door and it's burning your yeah. hand. That's when it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> that's the door's maybe hot. we have to figure something that's, else out. That's a great analogy, though, as well, because, like you said, like, <laughs> you know it's going to be hot, yeah. but mm-hmm. we're looking for that neutral plane, looking for that, yeah. that change, right? Like, where that transition is, it's going to tell us clues on how big how hot that fire is where the proximity of that fire possibly is right or how long it's been going mm-hmm. or if that's right down low it's pretty hot in there yeah. you know whether yeah. it's been limited or what and it's gonna it all plays together that's right so we're checking for heat and then we go into the try so the try before you pry so it's awesome to use all these cool tools and bust open the door but if it's not locked we can just open the door so, or like Bob says, open the door quick, lock it, close it, and now we have to break out the tools. So, so check, try, and then you get onto the pry. So we do uh, this year now. We have all of the steps. So you get your, um, you have the shock. So high, middle, low, minimum, and we talked about why. So what's that going to feel like on most residential doors? You're going to blow the door open. What's, your, what's the shock? What, explain the shock. Yeah, so you take your uh, halogen and you ram the high side of the door. And what, what you're actually feeling for is any extra uh, deadbolts or any sort of locking mechanisms, right? So if you hit high, you're going to feel that door kind of flap out of the way. That door is going to have some movement. If or a thud. Or it's going to go, oh, ah. shit, <laughs> this is about to be a lot of work. So you get high, hopefully it's going to be, it's going to have some movement. You hit dead in the middle. Okay, that's where I'm locked. Low, a little bit more movement again. So you're kind of giving yourself the picture of where you're going to have to work. Um, and again, most residential doors, shock high, shock middle. Now you just have a... The door blows open. The door blows half open. Yeah, right? it's happened the last two times we've had to enforce entry. The shock blew the door off <laughs> open by itself. Earl style. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know JP, he, he almost... That one close fire we were on, he, he almost shocked it right open, and I was like, yeah. 
So we hit it one more time, like, ah, use the other, use the other method. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, We're here, we got it. <laughs> we didn't get dressed up or nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's swinging for the fences. And I, I get that that, you know, you, you want to, you're all jacked up, and you want to hit it hard, and you want to get yourself in there. But if you blow the door open, you mm-hmm. lose door control. Yeah. Exactly. So we talk about the importance of door control, not just letting that door fly open. Because if it's a vent limiting fire, and mm-hmm. it's close to the other side of this door, well, what have you just done? You put yourself yeah. in a real bad way. Yeah. So you want to be able to do it uh, with uh, you know the mindset of, hey, let's get this door open. Well, let's control how, how this door opens. So we speak about that as this is happening as well. Um, so like while one, one firefighter is doing the skill set, we're always asking why. So, like, I get that you are now seeing it. So, like, the benefit of not going first is you're watching them do all the reps. So, like, even if you're a little bit, you know, rusty, or you're thinking, hey, I, I kind of want to maybe not be the first guy, um, you're, you're watching these, these reps happen, but then you're asking why. So, sure, you might not be the guy doing it. You're going to know what to do, but do you know the whys? So, hey... Why would we? Why would we do this? Why would we not do this? So they're still getting quizzed on the whys, mm-hmm. even if they're not the first. You know, if they're getting the answer of the the reps. So, so that was good. So we do the uh, the shock, and then we have to uh, set the halogen, and that's where your uh, partner comes in. So everything up to this point is a single person skill set, and then we don't really grade. Your partner, that's not what this is about, but we do lean in and, you know, a couple times, Scott would walk out, because our station always seems to take long, and uh, we we really hit on, you want that, o- that sort of over the shoulder, where you're getting a good strike, but again, this isn't baseball, and you're a not trying to hit it over, a nice vertical <laughs> strike, and why do we His do His hands that? are right there. <laughs> If you blow the guy's hands off because you're swinging for the fences again, or <laughs> the face. No, what I, the reason why I, I really came home to roost for me is because Spencer and I were demonstrating once to the crew like years ago when we first we were really in, getting into door um, force entry, and uh, Spencer's doing a baseball swing on me, and I'm like talking, I'm like, okay, so we're now already. I'm like hit, hit. Boom! Right in the ribs. Because <laughs> he missed the strike. And oh, he, yeah. And he swings. Boom! Hits me in the ribs. I'm like, oh, okay. That's why we go vertical. So as much as Because I was looking at the door. And Spencer's just thinking, I'm going to hit this thing. And uh, was mm-hmm. watching. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're going vertical for now. Yeah, because that Remember? is what we say as well. We say, we're not watching back here where they're striking the tool. We're watching... The door jam. You're controlling. Yeah, you're watching what you're you're setting, mm-hmm. and he's worried about hitting yeah. where. Because if you're both looking at where you're hitting, that's when you're going to start trying to do adjustments, and he's swinging, and it's like, yeah, he yeah, handles this side, you handle mm-hmm. this. Side. We're not yeah. trying to split firewood. We're trying yeah. to set that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and then we really hit on the three commands. Your um, obviously your your go, your go harder, and then we'll there. <laughs> so you got your your hit drive stop. So good idea. There's so many, like, there was a couple like whoa whoa whoa. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Stop. Yep. Yeah, stop. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're looking for. Uh, so there's a couple times you had to sort of lean in, like you got to hit the. Last. And why do we do that? Well, because we're going to be in SCBA. We're we're everything's going to be happening around you. The fans probably getting flashed up behind you. What is that? Like, uh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway. So uh, go and no. 
and you know, Whoa. like that low, <laughs> like there's so many similarities that yeah, could be happening that mean both ends. Like, oh, do they want more? Like, go, 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 or no, no, no. So it's hit, drive, stop. Those are very distinct words that you can get, right? So we really hit hit home on that. Um, and then obviously your your gap, and you, and then clear the door. Yeah. Just back to that too, that simple command stop. And as you guys know, that carries over to so many other things we do with auto acts yeah. and stuff as well. Is because how many times are we always just like, whoa, whoa, whoa? <laughs> because you're trying to purchase something or something and it's yeah. no, it's we need a definitive stop command. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping then this that consistency too across the board, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone knows what stop means. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But that whoa, 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 or whatever, if we can keep that same commands for everything we do, yeah. we're happy days, everyone's mm-hmm. on the same exactly. page every time. Because yeah. that stuff falls, like, even the military and police use the same thing. Like, they would, you never say no. Like, you say, uh, like, if you're moving, you say moving. Yeah. You don't say go, because the same reason. Go sounds like no. Mm. They're like, what, are we, no? Yes, go, what? No. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Moving, moving. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the other thing that we, we really hit on is the over-the-top hand signals. So... If with, with everything happening on a fire scene, again, you're going to be in SCBA, uh, you're, you're working, the fans going, the pumps trying to prime, so you hear nothing. But what you can see and hear is, oh, there's heat, so you, your hand goes up and you draw a definitive line, heat, and then the guy goes back and, you know, heat, 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 you know, or the no heat, it's like the guy's, yeah. I don't know, whatever this is in baseball, Dude, out or safe. You're right. Is that, is that out or is that safe? It's no go. No go. No go. No go. No go. Exactly. Exactly. Play on the or uh, call, call on the ice stand. with a stick. No go. Fuck with a stick. Do it on ice. Yes, on ice. Skates. So again, everything's like over the top with the hand hand signals because I want to be able to see it when I'm three people back. You know, your partner wants, wants wants to be able to see it. And then the relaying that info back, right? Like, your guy says, there's no no heat. Backup guy, no heat. So now mm-hmm. the door, the guy on the tools at the door knows it. Maybe the officer behind him knows it. So everybody's yeah. getting this info, right? So kind of break, break it all down. We, uh, we grade on the check, try, uh, visor down, obviously. Um, we grade on the chop, set, hit, drive, stop, and then the gap and the clear. And we went one step further of now the door's open, you realize it's clear, let's take two or three steps in. So what do we do when that door opens and you take those steps? So you have to sound that floor, it doesn't matter what, you know, you sound and make, make, make sure it's safe and clear to, to move in. And again, even just a couple more small things on that was the kind of, okay, here's the point where we would wait for X amount of seconds yep. to make sure that we're getting that smoke color. We're, we're yeah. taking a look at what the fire is going to do right now. We've just given it some air. What's mm-hmm. going on? And then also um, something that uh, Kevin uh, did as well when I was watching was he just he did the normal little poke head around yeah. the corner and had mm-hmm. a feel, right? Because mm-hmm. what happens is, obviously, we all know yeah. exactly that, that sweet, sweet spot. Right? sweep that uh, entryway, for sure. You yeah. know, and I was actually thinking about that, um, how we should have, not even this sound, like, sound of floor, but you also do the um, foot, foot hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lay flat, do mm-hmm. sweep, because that's, you know, the yeah. six feet, within six feet of the doors where most victims are found. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, those few, we should add. Those few moments right after you 
That's all part of clear. You actually mm-hmm. gap yeah. and clear that that door. There's mm-hmm. so many things happening all at once. Like yeah. you're like you just mentioned, you're pausing, you're hesitating, you're you're looking for that smoke. What's that smoke doing? Is it drawing in? Is it mm-hmm. coming out? What color is the smoke? Yeah. Like you're doing all this so fast. At the same time, now as you're doing that, into what you just said, you know, hook and sweep and look around mm-hmm. that door. Like that that's happening within ten seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I like being able to do that because then that what that does is it. It stops the guys behind you from, from pushing in. into you on yeah. fast, yeah, because they're getting everything ready to go. But but if you just pop the door and walk and step out of the way, you that that nozzle team's they're ready tra- to go. going they're like a train through in. you. Yeah. Whereas if you actually take a second, check the smoke real quick, go on your mm-hmm. you know sound the floor, um, do your hook and sweep. Yeah. That's giving you mm-hmm. that probably ten to fifteen seconds for the smoke to clear for mm-hmm. the fan to start. If you're doing an event, you know all that kind of stuff. It gives you that mm-hmm. time to okay. Yeah. Now we can go in. And that, that's a great point, too, because everybody's, I mean, we're all guilty of it. We're so fired up and you're ready to rock. You already have the steps in your head and, and way to go. But we need to take that, you know, five, ten seconds sometimes to pause, wait for that other plan or event team and say, yep, yeah, good to go. Mm-hmm. And then your team leader, you know, you start in. And that's really where the officer, uh, the way we're doing it now, yeah. really comes into that in their own because it's like the, you know, the, the nozzle team used to kind of be, on their own sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. they go in on their own, but now the officer yeah. really, because he's in that detached phase, so he's stepping back, because he's not, not, he's not running the hose, he's not going in right away, he's going to be going in eventually, but he's not fully invested in looking at the door and pushing in. He's got the whole thing, and he, and he sees yeah. a, he sees the attack team starting to move, you're like, well, okay, stop. <laughs> because you're, you got the overall view, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> I think another good point to make as well is, and you touched on it, Ash, with the Scott put the writing on the door. Yeah. So for me now, what I do when I go up to a door is I see the writing on the door. Mm-hmm. And I see the writing in my head. Because I'm, I'm more of a kind of a pictorial learner. Like so right on the wall. Image, right? I right see the writing on the wall. <laughs> and it's way easier for me because I can see exactly what steps are there. Mm-hmm. And so in my brain, I'm going, okay. Well, I just kind of, it's almost like I take a, a little peek to the right and I see mm-hmm. the writing there and then I yeah. know what the next step is. So for me, it's been helpful. For some people, you might look at it and go, well, that's cheating. Well, for me, it's the exact list now ingrained in my yeah. head every time. It's a training prop. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it's engraving. Well, it's the majority of the... And the majority of the firefighters, too, like, we're usually all very um, similar learners as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're hands-on, practical, you know, visual learners and that's for training environment that's perfect that's what you want and then except in the shit is fan and at, at a private residence doing this like you said you've got the picture in your head you are ready to go mm-hmm. you're hitting every step yeah yeah back to that consistency mm-hmm. yeah uh any more on that one no, i think that nailed it yeah uh and then the last one the last one which i was lucky we were smart we did this second <laughs> Because this one, if you yeah, go into the night, yeah, because everybody sucks. started in uh, like kinda, yeah, yeah, they just started second start, right? So, second yeah. to last, second to last. Oh, it's nine. What was you looking at? Yep, yeah, last one. <laughs> yeah, because we Jokes. we did you ladders. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know yeah. why. I already forgot about that. Yeah, because it's ladders. True. What did we just talk about? <laughs> Fucking ladders. Yeah. <laughs> Day, um, yeah, we had, a, we had a raging car fire today. My nap fully was involved. long enough. Fully involved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fully involved air filter. <laughs> yeah. 
sweet, such a nice hot rod too. Um, uh, we, we digress. <laughs> <but anyways. laughs> and Rob's kid saved the day with the fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Firefighter in training, running down the street. With Rolls it. up with the fire extinguisher. Here, go, Dad. Yeah, yeah. nailed it. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> so the final one. Nine. Yeah, station mm-hmm. nine. So station nine was. Uh, I remember when I was putting this one down because we, were, you know, I was going through the stat. I was like, okay, yeah, this one's very important. This one's very important. Obviously, everything that we've talked about so far is is very basic. You know, there's some a little bit of advanced fire firefighting skills like forcible entry. Not everybody does forcible entry. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody should do force. No forcible entry, but not everybody does it. Um, I think everybody does uh, ventilation in some way, shape, or form. So pretty much everything on here was easy until. The last one, and I remember, like, okay, we need one more for, you know, various reasons, but, you know, to also to fill the night and also because we need something to sure. uh, kind of wrap it all up. So I was like, should we do a building search? We could, but then that gets kind of tricky because then what do you got to do? You got to black belt people's masks and you got to, you know, it's kind of gets into a weird thing. Yeah. And then I was like, well, we could do... Um, EIS, but that's a fairly particular skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we settled on a RIT. And now RIT also is a you know, skill set we're not going to use all the time, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing about RIT is it, it, is it includes a fair number of skills, including radio call. That's right. And including handling SCBA and being in on mask. Because you guys are all on mask, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so it kind of ties a bunch of stuff together, and it's kind of like you can picture yourself going through this whole thing now, getting all the way to, you know, you're now you're inside, because you just forced the door, you went inside, and now something bad happens, and it's mm-hmm. there. So basically, now this wraps the whole the whole fire scene up, right? Because everything we've done, basically, start to finish, is, is a fire ground. Yeah. Um, so the writ, we do writ. Now, writ's very simple. The writ we do is very simple. Um, so we just have one guy laying down, usually, usually face down. Just because that's how we usually, uh, most firefighters fall, because they're usually crawling, yeah. hands and knees, um, even though we do a little different now, but mostly you're going to fall on your face. So, partner comes up, right away, they do a, a media call. We don't do it on an actual radio, we just do a kind of a fake radio call. But they have to um, say who they are, mm-hmm. say their location, and just general situation, which the instructor beforehand kind of gives them, like, oh yeah, you're, you're attacking one you're attacking one, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or just make it up. Just, yeah. you know, just say, as long as you give us those um, yeah. areas. So they call the Mayday, and then right away they got to go through their steps. So they check for check the PSI of their um, partner um, on the back of the, of the cylinder, uh, loosen the straps where they can. Um, we, on the checklist, we have uh, identify where the universal rig connector is. Um, so that's just an added little bonus feature, like mm-hmm. what's that thing called? Universal rig connector. Um, then roll and apply what we call the submarine strap. So if you're going to be dragging somebody a long ways or you're going to be hanging them out a window, you can actually turn your SCBA into a, into a harness, which we one day we will <laughs> have it on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and then you, you attach a drag strap to the SCBA, and that's that's it. That's all we do for RIT. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, it's not you're not being the RIT team. You're being a partner getting ready for like the RIT packaging team. packaging. Yeah, you're packaging for RIT. You're the partner getting ready for the RIT team to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just going through, going through the steps of uh, something happens to your team member mm-hmm. in the building, yeah, and that's that's also another good good scenario because everybody else that goes through it 
it just gets them in that mindset if they hear that mayday call come out. Like if I'm doing some sort of exterior ops right. and I hear mayday coming out, we all know, okay, well now we're all going to have new objectives. Yeah. yeah. So you, you just, it sets your mind into that next, mm-hmm. next motion. Yeah. Let's just, uh, and, and I know we're going to end up doing this, this uh, video on this, but I do want to just briefly touch on the packaging steps of loosen impact and why we don't let go of things. And mm-hmm. just again, just to give that kind of representation of what we're talking about when we're saying packaging. Right. I think that's it. So, um, when you, when you find yourself like a firefighter that's down and you're going to start to package them, um, obviously we have our SCBA is going to be nice, nice and tight on us. Um, the first thing that you want to do is see how much air they have left and not, not just know that for you, but then relay that out. Mm-hmm. So you want that rent team to know, Hey, uh, we got half, half a bottle left. Okay. 50 plus 50 minus. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Right. Prior to execute. So yeah. <clears throat> let them know what they're walking into. Um, so once you know that, once you've relayed that, um, you let them know, okay, I'm in a position to start to package. You might not be, um, but hopefully you're in a position where you can start to package. So again, if they're on their stomach, it's great. You kind of get the uh, first side. So either like left, left or right side straps, start to loosen them off. Um, you can do a roll, get the uh, firefighter over, loosen off the other straps, get uh, chest strap, waist strap loose. Even before, sorry, even before you, if they're still in their stomach, even before anything, you can actually grab both waist straps on the side and just give That's a right. quick tank, yank yeah. up and it totally loosens the waist strap. Mm-hmm. Before yeah. you roll. Before you even roll. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So you want to loosen everything off. So get that pack so it's like really loose float, uh, and, and floating around on their back. And then you want to get that, that pack as low as possible on their body. Um, so what that's going to do, I mean, some of us are more flexible than others. So everybody becomes flexible and ready. Everybody becomes flexible. <laughs> you have zero choice. Yeah. <laughs> Every time that we train this, and like if you're the dummy that's now dead, it's when the leg goes over. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so what this is is uh, once they're over on their back, you get their uh, leg up over your shoulder. Knee up on your shoulder. It's kind of like you're doing, a, I guess, a hamstring stretch or something. Like mm-hmm. a runner stretch. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Your partner, if you're helping a partner, stretches a leg out. Mm-hmm. You're basically, yeah. Uh, so you're, 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 you're having your hands on the waist strap, um, and you're getting that leg as far forward as possible. Those, those straps are completely loose. And the key here, and we hammer it home, do not drop either of those uh, claps. Why? Clasps. Why? Because it's dark as shit. You're wearing structure gloves, which very uh, hard to find. Very hard to find, and then get your bearings on the whereabouts it is. So I've like just for fun, not in this session, but drop the straps, this eyes eyes closed, and then you kind of fumble yourself around. Yes, you can get it out, but this sucks. is time. It sucks. So slow yourself down because you're in a burning building. There's a lot of shit happening around you. It's gonna take them a minute to get to you. So slow yourself down. I'd rather you take an extra 35 seconds, 45 seconds, whatever, but just slow yourself down and get it done right. So you get that knee over your uh, shoulder, bury it down into their chest again, so you get a lot of room to work. Undo those two clasps, come around the bottom, so like one's going over their groin, one's kind of coming around their hip, clip them together, double check, but make sure it's latched because you can push it in there again, you got these big structure gloves on. So click, and then check it. 
Okay, that's good. Now you can let that leg down and you can start tightening everything back back up. So now that it's there, now you're you're uh, turning that pack into a harness. Yeah. So you start to tighten everything back back up again. And then you get your rescue strap. Everybody carries at least one. You get a uh, rescue strap. We've, we've got uh, holes in our packs where you can just run a girth hitch through it. Uh, you could go around the strap. Or do um, not go around that, just the hose by itself. Sorry? Just don't go around the hose just, just by itself. Just don't go around the <clears throat> supply line. Yeah. Don't go around the supply line at all, I think, is no. the... Yeah. That's, that's the way I was thinking of it. Correct. You can go around the supply line as long as the straps are there, too, because you're not mm-hmm. going to cinch up the supply line. You're not going to yeah. cut the supply line. Mm-hmm. The straps yeah. It's got to be through the back frame. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, key is going right, right to the frame. So... Um, and the, the whole point of this, of doing all this, is because if you're dragging somebody a long distance... Um, if you're just doing time off to the SCBA without doing all that, what's going to happen is the SCBA is going to automatically start loosening. It's going to pull the, it's going to push up on the back of the helmet, possibly yeah. taking the helmet off, which is going to dislodge the mask, and then you got all sorts of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of uh, discussion on the drag rescue strap, but you grab the drag rescue strap, essentially the same thing applies because it's, you're basically dragging and you're pulling this. It thing, pulls up on the back. Pulls up on the back of the helmet. Yeah. Whereas this kind of pulls you off from a sideways angle. In, in addition, you can actually, and I've had the guys do this to me, repel me out of the window. Like, I said, oh, you're that, there that anyway? They threw me out of the burn building. Well, they threw me out. They dangled me out of the burn building. And they, no, they, but next they, time they, I'll come. Yeah, they, built, they repel yeah. me out <laughs> off my, basically off my groin. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and they repel me to the bottom. And we're yep. great. kind of doesn't feel comfortable in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's important, too, to mention that, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. You know, there, as we know, there's so many different ways of packaging people and carrying people yep. and dragging yep. people or pulling people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about pa- preparing your partner to, to package them for that mm-hmm. team to come out. But also on that same note is we spend a lot of time on practicing that, but it's very situational. It's how far in are you? Yeah, if you're like if right I'm the fairly door. close, I'm just going to grab I'm them not going to be sitting there trying to package you up. I'm mm-hmm. dragging, dragging you out as far as yeah. I can. Absolutely. Um, and that's one of the things that when we actually train RIT, mm-hmm. as you guys well know, that we cover all the cases. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. It's, it's time to, mm-hmm. it's, it's the key thing is to get that person out as quick as possible. Yeah. If I need to make that judgment call to start packaging and waiting, you do that mm-hmm. or you start dragging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think uh, where that really came home was when we did that school scenario we're in, the, yeah. we're in that elementary school and we do that long and does a long hallway drag yeah and you don't got, yeah and the guys yeah. took the extra couple minutes to package you properly and then mm-hmm. they drag yeah. you out and then yeah. even they, we even had the bulldozer guy so and then basically yeah. you're set up the same way you would do in the submarine strap mm-hmm. and he just gets down low and like a low crouch and kind of bear crawls you and pushes while the other guy yeah. pulls on the rescue strap yeah. yeah and you go flying through the hallway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, once you get moving it's pretty fast yeah it's actually uh, funny because when i was down teaching uh law enforcement guys mm-hmm. we were talking about casualty evacuation mm-hmm. and we were showing the basic like drag and we we're showing lifts and carries and then um one of the students is like well what if we're what if partners are what if there's still fire going on what if you're still it's like carrying a fire right what if there's fire going on you're everybody else is engaging but you were trying to move a patient and i said and i said and they want to stay low i said well and i said and then like all of a sudden i'm like mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. we gotta stay low and right we gotta stay low and fire right? so you right? gotta stay low when the bullets are coming over yeah. your head so I'm showing them, like, yeah, grab one arm, get down a bulldozer, and, like, go. And they're like, holy crap. And, like, one of the other instructors is like, where'd you learn that? I'm like, firefighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very fast. And, in fact, when you got the space and two yeah. guys, right, you yeah. can yeah. push, yeah. man, it's fast. Yeah. And a longer rescue strap. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been paired up where I've been the guy getting drug out by, like, a shorter person. 
Yeah. And they're always like kicking my head. Yeah. <laughs> so the longer rescue strap just gives them that little bit extra space to work. And so being aware of what's happening behind you, because even in, in training, like when it's a firefighter down, they are working and like our guys, I have, I have to give it to them. They treat it real. Like they are in the moment and they want to get you out. And, uh, I mean, there's a couple times where it's like, it's a life over limb and my head is getting kicked as it's life over limb because they're like, we have to go now. And they're doing that. It's the drag, it's the bulldoze. So again, like being aware of what's happening around you is really, really key. So like, you know, when we do that, we definitely, you know, speak on that afterwards because you don't want to be kicking the guy's helmet or mask off. Right. And it's not like I'm getting beat. It's just, you can tell it's right at the tip of their, their you know, working zone. So. And it's always good with that two-person team, too, if you do have an opportunity and you do have one more for the bulldoze, you've got one more person to look at that mask and keep an eye mm-hmm. on that mask. Because the mask, yeah. absolutely, the mask is crucial, and it's something that we always make sure that we check constantly. Is it still on? Is it in place? Are there any yeah. gaps? Has it moved sideways? If we just stopped abruptly, check the mask again. Like, yeah. Well, we haven't talked about the rib bag and when the rib connector gets yeah. put in and all that stuff. Absolutely, which we will when we do the video. We'll yeah. go through everything that we do and we'll show you a little bit more yeah. as to what actually the process is. But yeah, super, super important and really nice when you do have that, mm-hmm. that second person if possible. Yeah. Which, once the right team arrives, you will have. Oh, for sure. But again, this is just a snapshot of like the, the basic skills. And so yeah. the most basic skills of RIT is packaging. So getting that person ready to move, and that's what we really uh, try to focus on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should stay an hour and a half in. Hour and a half in, boys. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Yeah, I knew it would be a good one. Yeah. I knew it would be a long one. Almost took as long as uh, to do the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We actually got delayed in our test, too, because uh, we had a fire call halfway through. Yeah. yeah. And it was a real, it was a real goer. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it was really nothing. It was easy. But it was funny because we were all obviously at the hall ready to go. Mm-hmm. Dispatch calls us, and, and within, like, it was like, this truck's leaving, this truck's leaving, this truck's leaving, this truck. <laughs> People in town are like, what is going what on? Is <laughs> it's funny, even by the end, like, as we arrived back at the hall, we always, you know, let them know we are secure and ready to respond yeah. again. So everybody's coming back, and I'm the last <laughs> to park, and I, I, I could tell as we're securing ourselves each time, oh, dispatch, dispatch da, 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 da. <laughs> by, by the end, dispatch duty, da, da, da. go ahead duty, <laughs> <laughs> I'm securing quarters, all units are secure, <laughs> copy that, <laughs> it was very much We're like typing are kind. <laughs> yeah, we know, you're all other things straight. to do, yeah, you guys send to everybody, <laughs> almost <laughs> Yeah. There was one or two pieces of equipment left back back at all. There was. There was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is everything that we ran through that evening. Uh, it's something that we do now every year. It's a new standard, and it's a lot of fun. Very mm-hmm. important. You know, I'd, suge- I'd suggest if you're doing this uh, in your own department, obviously you look at, you know, you don't have to do, like, this This is just what we came up with. This mm-hmm. is our basic nine skills. You can do 10 skills. You can do 20. I don't care. Um, this is this fits into about a two-hour time frame, yeah, really well because we're doing about fifteen-minute rotate. Every fifteen minutes, we rotate. Um, that sort of stuff gives us a little bit of leeway time. So do it. You know, I'd say nine to ten is going to be your max if you're doing it at a good pace. Um, it does. I mean, you do it over two nights, I guess. That's right. But uh, yeah, you want to do. If you don't want to do it, uh, these these particular skills do mm-hmm. different ones. I think something else to add to it too is 
what we do when we're picking the teams for this is there is no you're going to go with him. It's a number one, number two, number three, number four. Okay. Remember your numbers. Remember your numbers, <laughs> which never happens properly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one guy's one, one guy's walking around. Yeah, you're with us. I? <laughs> I remember you're, you're with us. Oh, okay, yeah, it goes over. <laughs> but that the fact that we do it that way means that you're not always working with the people that maybe you would be yeah. on that first truck because we know what kind of people who's going to get there first just because of you know orientation of the house or whatever where they yeah. are where they live the time of day you know what kind of people are going to be showing up. But that team building that you get, you get that experience with other firefighters that maybe you don't always get to be on a truck with. Well, and I did it before we, well, you guys were still seated for our safety brief in the evening. So it's like everybody's kind of sitting in their little areas. And obviously when you're sitting there, a lot of times you're sitting with guys that are yeah. buddies. Like, because, you know, we're all friends, but, you know, some guys are more friends friendly with than others. So everybody's kind of sitting with their friend groups. And then when I come by and I'm like, you're one, you're two. And you're like, oh, we're not, we're not good together. And you're three, you're four. So basically the entire friend group gets separated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so. But it gives you that opportunity again to yeah. look in on other people. You get to see what their kind of levels are with not just their skill, but their comfort levels too. And again, that's, right. that's super important because we need to know who's comfortable at doing what. Because then we need to know whether or not we're adding value to that truck. Right. Whether we need to take a hold of that position whether we need to step back and allow that person to step in because they know more yeah. than us on this this general thing. It's important, like, uh, I don't select people every time like that. I, I when I'm Because I'm usually the one picking the team. So sometimes I select based on what I just what we were talking about there. Other times I'll have the, uh, the the list of all our members. And I'll uh, take, you know, five, while, they're, while everybody's talking, I'll take five minutes and I'll look. And sometimes I grab another officer and I'm like, hey, uh, let's put that guy there. Let's okay. These guys, you know, that he's a really skilled firefighter. Let's put that rookie there. So we'll, you know, if it's a new skill that the rookie's learning, a newish skill, um, I'll pick that way. If we're doing a newer thing that we um, maybe we're testing, I'll, I'll pick the, <laughs> some more open-minded guys sometimes, just so they're more like, oh yeah, you know. And then they'll, or some guys will even give me a little bit of grief, like they're like, mm-hmm. ah, this doesn't work. And they'll like uh, sometimes I want a little bit of a, a fight, not not a fight, like an argument, not an argument, uh, some constructive criticism, some difference, <laughs> of opinion, yeah. Um, and then other times um, we do the the hockey jersey, throw your sticks the, in the, the middle, throw your sticks in the middle, yeah. um, well, throw your turnout gear in the middle, and uh, we just start throwing throwing the jackets to his side, <laughs> and match your team, match your team, <laughs> so no one knows who's getting. Yeah. So yeah, it's. <laughs> interesting way it's a good way it's a good way of doing it and again like we said it's a really nice way of just mixing it up and getting people in front of others that maybe they wouldn't always be hanging out on the fire training ground with so it's it's useful Mm. shout outs boys how's it going Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. let's start the bar sure Uh, Barbara's Brotherhood Academy Radio um, they're fighting to get episodes out. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're on a bit of a hiatus, uh, bless them, they're, they're busy guys, um, but, uh, got a lot of good stuff in the bank there, so go back and have a look, uh, listen to some of their, uh, older podcasts, um, they're all, they're all older now. They're all older now, <laughs> yeah, all of them are older. You almost caught them. That's right. Are we? Yeah, I oh. think they were 119. Hmm. And what, what is this, one? Uh, we are 114, I believe. That's right, coming at you. 
Mm-mm. How long ago did they start prior? Well, in fairness, they were, they were counting their box alarms as they uh, were. Oh, they were. And yeah. we're not. Yeah, we are not. not. Well, because well, Carl, Carl, do <laughs> Carl doesn't drop our tone drops. Did I do that, though? Well, so I, I did. did. Well, you did a couple rounds. This is just the tones now, because we don't drop them. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. What? <laughs> 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 so check them out. <laughs> they do have a lot of good content on their Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. A really good group. So I got, I got to look now at which ones I missed. <laughs> no, I, th- making, I, th- I think you might be caught up. I'm just making a note. We actually haven't done a tone drop in a while. We haven't. I can done like recorded one. Yeah, we yeah. should. Probably not tonight. <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah, good hour and a half. We're good. Um, Motus, I'll take Motus tonight. Mm-hmm. Boom. Uh, definitely go and buy mm. yourselves one of the hydro wrenches. They're phenomenal. The difference of speed, um, and not just speed, the smoothness of which that thing operates, that mm-hmm. handle, the leverage point that you get with it, the just that thing is awesome. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can check out the video that we have online. Um, we both have the uh, we have the. All the wedges, and uh, I think we've got some other bits and pieces wedges. being sent through to us. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some, the some wedges, some wedges. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, but that hydrant wrench, man, check out the video. Honestly, it does work that quick. You'll see Scott cranking on that fire hydrant, and it just it, it's open so fast. Yeah. Uh, and they uh, they recently dropped the video there, Scott. What did they do? Was that a video? They, they did, did a video, video as well. Did you yeah. a video? Uh, we'll show you the video. No, I didn't see the video. I saw the, video. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw the picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the Insta. Um, they uh, they obviously listening to our podcast. <laughs> We're talking about door wedges and their new door wedges. And uh, next thing I got a picture from Ash, it's, it's a little blue door wedge that says, Give Scott a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> now, awesome. if I would have had one of those wedges, mine would have broke on my call the other day. Oh, oh really? I went through a wedge in a door and you know, two other firefighters followed me afterwards. And one of them hands up, is this yours? <laughs> Broken too. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I think Scott or uh, Todd wants a wedgie too. Wedgies <laughs> <laughs> for everyone. Uh, if you are looking to get something from them, you can check out our discount code DTFF five. It'll save you five percent. And uh, yeah, they're a good company, Canadian company, and they've got some good stuff. So go check them out. And some nice t-shirts too, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ignition. Uh, yeah, Ignition USA. Uh, believe it or not, actually during our training night, I uh, demoed the uh, shove knife part of it uh, to Matt because we have a, uh, a throw bag attached to our. Oh, he's wondering. Now. He's wondering why there's a throw bag it's attached. Like, to the why irons? is there a Swiftwater throw bag attached to the irons? Now I'm like, well, because it's forcible and soft entry now. So we, the throw bag has no rope in it. We've uh, yeah. we, we procured a bunch of uh, older throw bags from my company, and so we use these throw bags for various things. And mm-hmm. this one had stuff. In it. This one houses uh, some of our soft entry paraphernalia, which uh, has the uh, um, <laughs> has the. Uh, you, become all, you become all sultry when you soft entry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, a little so, wine, a little cheese. Nice, yeah, 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 next, next, little boom, we're in. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> so Matt's like, what the hell is in this bag? I'm like, well, 
it's the sea rat. He's like, oh, this is it. So he starts looking at it, and he's like, ah, like, what kind of a door would this work on? I'm like, well, it's funny you should ask. Uh, the sharp knife would work right on this industrial door right over here. Uh, you can get inside rather quickly. Just happened to be the door that Ash has already broken several times. So, yeah. <laughs> so he says, uh, do you have a second to show me? I'm like, well, that's all it's going to take. So I open it. <laughs> we'll walk up to it. Boom, I'm in in like a second. He's like, I feel like I should be quite alarmed that you are so good. <laughs> I'm like, well, i got to be proficient. <laughs> so he saw the benefits of the sharp knife. It also has uh, um, a, a blade. I don't know what else you would call it for uh, a door latch. With, uh, with a latch plate. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I explained that to him. So, yeah, I mean, this thing's got the sharp knife. It's got uh, um, the blade. Uh, it can be a square. It can break glass. It's got a O2 wrench. Um, seatbelt cutter, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Bottle opener. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got a little nine, uh, 90 degree for gabbing. Um, for gabbing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the thing's got a lot of uses, and that's kind of what uh, Jason was saying, is this firefighters already have their pockets overloaded, so adding another um, another piece of your kit can't just be one thing. It has to be many. So if you're going to add something, probably you'll be removing something because you're already overflowing, so you might as well make it do multiple, you know, multiple things. So um, this thing's great. If you're ever getting to a building that you don't need to bust down the door, uh, if you want to be able to leave it secure when you leave, uh, the Sea uh, Rat from Ignition USA. Check it out our uh, YouTube. Check out uh, our Instagram, our Facebook, and as well as his uh, website, ignitionusa.us. Uh, and if you want to acquire one of those, DTFF twenty twenty gets you twenty percent off. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a. <laughs> Larger version of a Swiss Army knife yeah. built for firefighters. Todd, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. Got a hammy crap. Hold <laughs> <laughs> the hammy. You should have done rip. Stretch it right up for that. Son of a bitch. Something can be banana stash. Where are you going to put that? This ain't no soft edge. <laughs> Stop the bleed. Stop the bleed.org. Uh, go online to our uh, YouTube and Facebook stuff. Uh, we've got a lot of video content on the course there. And um, yeah, reach out to, uh, on the website there. Look for where there's a course near you. Uh, currently, they are starting to uh, pump them out again. Um, I know when the States, it's probably easier to find some of the courses versus uh, Canada right now, but um, we are starting to slowly roll them out. Actually, I've got a plan to start teaching one shortly here, and I'll get a hold of you, Scott, as well, for another one. <laughs> um, yeah, carry a tourniquet, out of the wrapper, on your person, wound packing. It's, it's very simple stuff, but very important. It's a good course. It's a fun course. Make mm -hmm. it fun. Yeah. yeah. If you want to check out anything on that, you can also go to our uh, YouTube page. Uh, and yeah. yeah, we got all the videos there for the full kind of video thing that these uh, these guys went through, and the, the the initial piece of the class, and then plus all of the um, high fidelity sims as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That those sims are fun too. Yeah, they're really and you know, he's just throw curveballs at people. And, yeah. Mm. yeah. In fact, we had a comment the other day um, on that was great idea with the war. 
just the water and using the spray bottle mm-hmm. to kind of just create that extra tension. Yeah, you don't wreck pants. You don't wreck people's. You don't wreck people's clothes. No, you don't yeah. no blood. Just water. Just um, still gives you the same feel. I, I actually, I actually use warm water. I, 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 last time I taught it, I have to use a janitor's closet. I didn't realize how hot water was on. I was like, ooh. Because huh. yeah, <laughs> I, I knew I was going to be doing the uh, accident. I was going to be spraying the students in the next thirty minutes. So like it was like boiling hot water. I'm like that'll probably cool down in the next thirty minutes. <laughs> and just before I sprayed them, I, I dipped them. I'm like, yeah, it feels like uh, like blood temperature. <laughs> so it was like that warm feeling. And they're like, what the hell? And you know, we had a dark like we blacked out their uh, their training area. So they were just running flashlights, doing some uh, shooting stuff. Um, with some sim guns, and I, you know, I started spraying it with this water, and they're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yep. Uh, Tanner. Tanner Olson. Uh, he just did a live show on Friday. Um, we managed to get on to the YouTube and posted something. They mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're uh, they're getting pretty big. Getting pretty popular. Um, country music, but also he played some Sarah McLaughlin, which is hilarious. Have you heard that? <laughs> I he, didn't. He tried to sing Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, did he? <laughs> he did good. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but uh, it's a man trying to hit a note of Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> 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 My wife is laughing. <laughs> but that was his first crack at it. So uh, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. Doesn't do all country, but does uh, most mm-hmm. of country. Yeah. yeah. Check them out. Uh, Tanner Olson Band, they're on YouTube and they're on Spotify. Yep. And if you're looking to see them live in concert... Keep looking. <laughs> 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 no, they're going to... I think they're going to keep doing some live... Uh, those YouTube live shows. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't know when they're going to be doing lots of live, like real live. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, when uh, we get to a point of a seminar... Yeah. Um, Seminar, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not looking good still mm-hmm. for spring. For spring. I'm f- starting to sway. We might have to start discussions on maybe a fall spring seminar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Bill Burr's Thursday morning, po- or what is it, Tuesday morning podcast on a Thursday just before Friday. We'll <laughs> 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 <Like> do <our> seminar. <laughs> the spring seminar just before fall yeah, <laughs> seminar. I feel like if it is going to be spring, it's going to be a, a last minute rush. And we're going to start yeah. hitting the go-aheads. Because, I mean, as of right now, there's talk of no. a thing, a talk about a vaccine by December, but it's not going to be out by now for a while. So, yeah, we will hold on that for now, but check this space. And then you have us. Um, obviously, we are now, like I said, about 114 episodes in. Um, we've been doing this for about two years. We love it. We love the fact that everyone still continues to listen. Our listeners continue to go up. Um, we are extremely grateful for that and very, very thankful that, again, that you guys keep coming back every week and listening in. We hope that you're getting something useful out of it and uh, we really appreciate your support. If you do want to check us out, again, you can obviously head over to the Facebook pages where we tend to put most of our posts, but we are also on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook uh, is really the main place, but mm-hmm. uh, you can also find us on YouTube as well, especially for all of our video concepts. a really nice, easy way to huh? filter through. Yeah. Which? Yeah. Not as much, but... Not as much. Well, we haven't really had any videos out. No, so really. When we record videos, we generally take a little snippet from our video and yeah. toss it on TikTok. But the COVID kind of killed the the video mm. stuff for a bit. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. so. But we've now got some COVID killed the video stuff. That's right. Sounds like a perfect parody for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Through my mask and 
In my heart. Keep an eye out for uh, for some new stuff coming. Again, like I said, we do uh, we are planning on some uh, new video content, so you can keep a look there and subscribe to us over on the YouTube page. We greatly appreciate it. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for your support. Oh, we have t-shirts and we have merch. Oh, so if you're interested yeah, sure. in that, yeah, head over there. Um, there's some good quality stuff on there if you were looking for something. And uh, if you have any ideas or something that you would like to see, let us know. And if you'd like to come on the show, let us know. If there's somebody you would mm-hmm. like to, us to talk to, let us know. We're very happy. And Scott, always with the caveat. Don't be he weird. can't be weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too much weird already. <laughs> you can, sorry, you can be weird. Just not on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My merch uh, should be arriving beginning of October. You got merch? I ordered stuff. Oh. <laughs> you got your own <laughs> No, merch. not my own. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, like, <laughs> time to drop the top, yeah. Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time do you? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, any more for any more, boys? You know, um, I was going to say September is uh, PTSD Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, actually, we were talking. We were going to mention our camp trip, camp out. We right. said. So we just had our camp, our annual camp out at locally. So we do a local camp out, so we don't um, reduce any of our response uh, response time. And th- in the night, once we like later at night, like midnight kind of thing, we started talking about some of our calls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is like the therapeutic side of the camp out because <laughs> we were mm-hmm. discussing calls and like you know. And I think it was good because there was a bunch of the newer guys there, so yeah, they got. To hear some of the some of the realities and stuff, the, and, the more challenging realities yeah. of, of, mm-hmm. the, of the things that we face out there. It's not all spring, you know, water, and like, that's awesome. Yeah. I go home happy. But I mean, we were around a campfire, and it wasn't like we weren't like sad, or it wasn't that kind of stuff. No. We're, just, we're just relaying, you know, calls. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was good. Yeah. And that stuff's super important. That comes back to what we call like the bumper talk, right? Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not the exact bumper talk because it's not right post incident, but it's it is part of the therapeutic process, part of the part of mm-hmm. dealing with it, talking about it. Right? Uh, I don't want to really say it's normalizing it because we're not normalizing it, but mm-hmm. it uh, just makes you like if somebody, an individual, is questioning some things or not sure, yeah. hearing how other people deal with it and talk about it, it opens yeah. you up. I think that's really important. So we always talk about the stress inoculation going into a burning building, going into those high, high stress areas and things. Um, hearing people that have been through things, things that they've seen and, and dealt with, and hearing how they're dealing with it, um, it really opens their eyes before they walk into that that scene. So mm-hmm. you know, knowing that, hey, this is something that I will see. I mean, nothing that we talked about was really out of the ordinary. These are just calls that we're yeah. going to run every year. Like, it's mm-hmm. nothing new, nothing crazy, but it's stuff that will stick with you forever. So, yeah. having these guys hear this and, you know, know, hey, this is a reality of what I'm involved in. This is how these guys are dealing with it. Obviously, they're they're still here. They're obviously weird as shit. And this is well, and I, that's the point. Like, <laughs> like some of it, we were talking about some of the uh, more like some of the jo- like honestly, some of the jokes we made afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of people will be like, "Oh my god, it's inappropriate," but it's that dark humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, having the newer guys hear the jokes and being able to laugh about it because they didn't actually see the thing, mm-hmm. but hearing what we said and they're like, "Oh my god, that's funny," and then they're like, "Oh." So in my mind, I pictured when we're on a call and maybe someone throws it a little dark humor. They're not going to be shocked by it and be like, "What did I get into?" Yeah. They're going to be like, "Oh yeah." Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, not only talk about, but also understanding there's mm-hmm. going to be some dark humor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the dark humor that we were joking about that night was, uh, I mean, the person lives completely fine. And it's just a different situation. <laughs> oh, it's completely fine. Well, <laughs> but again, it's important with the dark humor, too, that, like, majority of people who listen to this, you know, are in emergency services. Yeah. They get we it. get it, right? Yeah. You know, whereas our spouses or some of our friends, yeah, absolutely not. They, they are not going to understand no. that side of that dark humor. And neither should they. You know, they. No. I think they've been, if they're not involved in that and they don't get it, then it's just, that's a good thing, honestly. You know, there was it a couple. A thing. They just need to understand that there's ways of how we deal with it and how to support us mm-hmm. with the way we're dealing with it, right? Yeah. There, there and was, to under, uh, sorry. And uh, just to understand that if, you know, Okay, my this is Todd's normal line of dark humor, and then all of a sudden it's it's off the rails. Maybe yeah. that person would be like, "Hey, that doesn't sound normal." Like, Todd, you doing okay? You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. So you need to you need to understand those lines. Yeah. For sure. You know, and, and around that fire, and it wasn't just firefighters. There was a couple of spouses still up by that yeah. time, and one of, one of them was actually a new <laughs> spouse to the hall, and she was like, "Oh." And she she was kind of laughing along too, and she she was getting it, and she's like, "What's yeah. this called?" And we you know described it um, generically, but she was like, yeah. "Holy cow!" Yeah. You guys saw that? Like, yeah. She's like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of terrible, but it's also kind of funny what you said." And then, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there's uh there's some really good presenters out there, and I was thinking about this the other day actually when Bob was talking to me. Um, I should try and get some contacts up and see if we can do a couple of group things with the departments. Mm-hmm. Is uh, they're fantastic on on coming in and speaking to us as a group, but also involving spouses, For and sure. just to kind of get them to help understand kind of how to deal with mm-hmm. things. So. I wonder if it's worth uh, again with it being September. If you've got the contacts, maybe mm-hmm. we could even see if we can get someone on for an interview and have a conversation of how it is a good idea and the the good ways of kind of approaching those sorts of conversations and how it's important yeah. for spouses and that kind of stuff. Yeah, remind me when we're done. I'll make a note of it. Mm-hmm. Open it up. Yeah, you know, I'll say um, when we lost that firefighter in our department. Uh, we did something very, very similar. Uh, Todd came up and had a chat with us. So, you know, you've, you've been through a lot and um, had had your own battles, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you did really well at, as, you know, speaking to a group. And um, we we had all of our spouses in as as well at the time. And I think that that was a, like a really big healing point. Uh, people need to, you know, need to have those 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 moments really so mm. um the importance of it is is super super key yeah absolutely that's part of it yeah any more for any more gentlemen i don't know how much time we got <laughs> we could do Ooh, we, did, we, we could do hours. Yeah, yeah, we for a while so we're coming for you jago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will never hit like five six hours <laughs> if you notice rogan's now are like three four hours long he did one with not one justify that money sorry did one for like five hours with uh one of my favorites is oh, i can't remember his name guy who, uh, super super favorite yeah yeah no, he's <laughs> one of my favorite guys can't remember him. Love yeah. that guy. Tim, Tim Kennedy? that's what i do nope mm. oh. <laughs> i like gary big man yeah. like no i can't remember mm. Todd. What was that not? I'm good. <laughs> Poland! <Yay>! The Poland! <laughs> Idiots. <laughs>
Checking out. Thanks. So, um, I can sleep now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Good night. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. Stay DTFF.